everybody. It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcast, Ravis Bars, coming to you with another installment of Grappling Hour. Great, great to have you join us today. We have an epic show. Colin Anglin joins us in a few minutes. But before then, let's take care of some housekeeping. Today, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to do the ad insert at the end so you can tune out if you want to, though that's kind of a dick move on your part because those people pay us money and you don't. And all things considered, if you pay us money, then I don't need to use them. Hmm? Hmm? Anyway, why don't we start with this? If you guys could do us a solid, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating with a review. And that would mean the world to us. Or go over to Spotify and follow us on our Grappling Hour page there. Honestly, I know it doesn't make a lot of difference for you guys, but it makes a world of difference for us. And that way you know you're the first people to know when a new episode comes up. And like I said, we have been doing our damnedest to bring you all of the episodes that we air live on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope on here. Because some of you guys actually prefer to have them on this format, so... The least I can ask for is just for giving us some reviews, some likes, and some subscriptions at Grappling Hour on all major platforms. That includes YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, Twitter, and the Instagram. All right, our guest today. He impressed me so much on Dana White Fight Contender series that I said, hey, kid, come on this show. And he was so nice. And not only do we have uh, a similar set of friends here and there, but we get the opportunity to learn how he took a random opportunity to become a fighter and made that his career. And yes, it does happen every once in a while that you randomly pick up a fight and then, oops, I became a fighter. Who knew? He's just signed with the UFC. He's an all-around good kid. He's just moved to Denver, so give him some time to go ahead and love and appreciate that and get to know better one Colin Anglin. And today, we get the opportunity to talk with newly signed UFC fighter. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to us straight from the beautiful outdoors of Denver, one Colin Anglin. Colin, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you so much for doing the show. How great is the air quality there? Um, I don't, I mean, it's good, I guess it, you know, for a while it was, uh, it wasn't great with the, um, forest fires, but, um, I don't know. Lately it's been good. I think. I'm happy to hear that because I know that yeah. most of that is our fault here in California. So yeah. I know that that has seeped its way, uh, unfortunately area, but I mean, normally you go out to Denver you always have great weather to look at. You recently made the move, but you mentioned you did so after spending one week there. My question to you, what happens in one week's time that makes you say, I'm going to uproot my life and move to Denver? Yeah, well, um, you know, it was uh, it was not like just a, a quick decision. It's something that, um, you know, me and my teammates um, – that moved out here with me and also my, uh, my fiance, something we've talked about for quite a while now. And, um, we knew that going out or coming out to Denver, uh, we are, you know, trying out the gym, um, to see if it was a good fit. And, uh, you know, I guess in that week we just, you know, we, um, we got to see, you know, coach Mark Montoya, um, do his thing and he's an amazing coach. And, um, 
then, uh, you know, just the, the training partners that we have here, um, everyone I train, you know, everyone I, I train with are either in the UFC or like, I guarantee they're going to be in the UFC one day. Um, so it was, a uh, it was a decision we made, but like, like in a, in a week, you know, but it was something we've talked about for a while and, and almost expected. Um, well, having said that, I would also consider the following, which is you were moving during a pandemic. Were there any difficulties in doing that? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it was hard just to do that in general, like just to move in a week, you know, uh, like go home. I literally went home for one week, said, uh, you know, broke the news to my family and friends and then and then moved out here. That was tough in general. I think it would be hard to do, you know, whether you're in a pandemic or not. But uh, I don't really think it played that much of a difference, um, to be honest, uh, being in the pandemic. Fair enough. I mean, did you have to do the moving yourself? Do you hire some movers to help you get that? Do you call on a few teammates and say, like, I got pizza? <laughs> yeah, so we um, – uh, my fiance came out with me. It was a, it was a quick decision because we, we knew we had to do our fight camps out here, me and, uh, Cody Brundage. Um, you know, we both had our contender series, uh, fights locked in and, and we wanted to get started right away. Um, so, uh, yeah, like me and my fiance, we, we, uh, we drove out here, um, packed the car full, drove out here, rented a, uh, rented this like a Airbnb for, um, for a month for the first month. And it didn't have anything in it. We had like a bed, a couch and a TV. Um, and then, uh, we, you know, we took that month to look for, uh, look for a place to, you know, stay. And, uh, we found, um, we found a house to rent. And then, so I drove, uh, or I flew back, and then I uh, drove a U-Haul like uh, maybe um, maybe a month ago. Uh, drove a U-Haul here with uh, with all of our stuff in it. So like for the first maybe month and a half, or maybe first two months, we didn't have any of our stuff. Uh, and then yeah, driving that U-Haul twenty hours is kind of a pain, but yeah, it all worked out. That's pretty dope, man. I mean, I just look at that and I, you know, I've, I've uprooted my life. I used to live in the Midwest. Uh, when I was doing school, I lived in Illinois and Kentucky. And I think that it was one of the best decisions of my life, but I can tell you yeah. the actual moving of it is always the thing that you go, ah, right. All this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, to not have that stuff, what were you most excited to get back once you were actually able to have all of the stuff where you were currently living? Um, let's see. Uh, honestly, I was good with the couch, a TV and a bed. Um, <laughs> I, uh, and I had my Xbox, so, you know, I was pretty much that. Okay. I understand now. Now that you yeah. said you had your Xbox, I was like, I forgot, you to know, I, that. I know a lot of fighters, uh, definitely can survive off of a very limited amount of things. But if that's it, how are you taking your mind? How are you releasing that? And then I realized, oh, 
no, he put the Xbox in the important <laughs> luggage that had to go yeah. there. I guess that is inherently begs the question, if you do have an Xbox with you, what is the games or what are the games that you play? So I've been playing a lot of, um, I play like NBA 2K, I play NHL, um, and then I, you know, I play a lot of Call of Duty, um, but I recently just, uh, I recently just bought a PS4 and I'm, uh, I'm playing, uh, Ghost of, of, uh, Tsushima and, uh, I can't even think of the other one. I haven't started it yet, but I'm going to start it after, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I'm all over the board. I play everything. I like story, you know, RPGs and stuff like that. So if that's the case, I do have to ask the question, which is, are you playing with other members of your fight camps or teams, or do you just go with strangers to get your mind out of the fight game? Yeah, I mean, if they want to, um, you know, if, if someone hits me up and wants to play, I'm definitely down. But um, most of the time, I'm just, yeah, playing online by myself um, or maybe with, like, a couple friends. But, uh, yeah, I mean, lately I haven't been playing a lot of, like uh, – Call of Duty, um, which is like what I feel like everyone's playing. So I just haven't, you know, uh, I don't know, haven't haven't played that yet with them. But um, most of the time, I'm I'm escaping reality a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely, man. And that's part of the reason why I ask is because for uh, so many fighters, I know how hilarious it is to watch them go from the fight game to going, yeah, I play UFC uh, four on my, my PS. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, You're supposed no. to not do that. They're like, Hey man, I can't help it. But for you to get away from the team, I also know a series of my friends who not only fight together, but then play video games together. And I don't know which they're more competitive at. So I guess that begs the question. Do you get more mad on a tough day in camp or on a video game? Hmm. It depends. I guess probably a tough day in camp. I mean, if we're being real, but I do when like I have friends over or I'm playing my friends online. Yeah. I get pretty irritated when I lose. <laughs> Again, but, something that I do see conveniently a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, tough day in camp sucks. You know what I mean? That can, uh, that'll bother me like most of the day. So with a friend, I'll just play him again and beat him. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I definitely know there are some friends. My wife has always said very nicely. She goes, you're pretty nice and, like, friendly with a number of people. But there's 10 people that you were hyper competitive with that if they beat you, that you're like, put up Monopoly again. Get fucking Candyland. We're doing that. So, yeah. I, I understand oh, yeah. that to a certain extent. I want to start transitioning to talk about your fight, man, because this is the okay. thing that really gained my attention of you, your game, how you like to fight. You kind of describe yourself as a wrestler, and it was kind of interesting because I could see that base for you. But now, having watched your fight with that knowledge, I could see like, oh, I see that you've been evolving your game to the point where your stand-up looked really, really solid, man. So walk me through how this fight camp worked for you, especially in the new setting, and what really most paid off when you were actually fighting at the Dana White's Contender Series? 
Yeah, so um, I when I moved out here to uh, to Colorado to Factory X, like the first thing I realized is holy, holy crap, my my uh, stand up game needs to get better. Um, it is it just wasn't where I thought it was, and so it was a uh, reality check, you know. And that's you know I work everything every day, but that has been a major focus. And, uh, so yeah, to be, you know, when I was in there, um, the goal was to pressure, pressure, um, and, you know, eventually take him down if, um, you know, if it presents itself, uh, which I did, it's just, um, I felt, I felt better than him on the feet. So like, I wasn't, uh, I didn't feel like, um, let's see, like in it, I didn't feel like I needed to rush a takedown or I didn't, you know, or I needed to get it on the ground. I felt better than him everywhere. Like I felt, I felt like if I keep standing with him, I'm going to, I'm going to knock him out. I was wrong. Right? I mean, I didn't knock him out, but, uh, I tried, um, uh, let's yeah, be very I, clear. You threw, I think the entire kitchen sink at that yeah. man. And yeah. it was a testament to his chin. And I, I don't know if you heard me mention this, but uh, Drew Dober was in his corner. And yeah. Drew is a friend of mine. Okay. And, you know, when it walks in like that, I kind of go like, oh, well, I hope your guy does well. I, For at sure. the very end of that fight, sent Drew a note that just goes, that man is a brick of a face. Like, Jesus Christ, yeah. kid. Like, I, I couldn't, I've seen many a fighters go out. Uh, in in situations like that, but his resolve was there, and I, I had a the utmost respect for for the performance that he put on as well. But for you, Same. man, that was that was so epic. Were you feeling like as it was going on, like okay, what is it going to take now? Um, no, I just felt like um, well, first of all, yeah, like you know, I have a ton of respect for him. Um, no matter how wobbled he was, he, he continued to fight me. Um, I mean, at one point he, he was like, you know, completely wobbled on his feet, backing up, but he still was throwing and he was still down to fight. Um, so yeah, I have a ton of respect for him. Um, but, uh, what, what was the question again? My bad. I was just wondering, you know, when you get somebody who keeps pressing forward, oh, yeah even as that's going on, I don't think that your confidence was wavering that you were going to lose the fight at any point, but you do recognize the zombie is still coming at you. No, you know, honestly, that shit, that's, you know, that makes me, uh, that fires me up. So, um, I wasn't thinking, man, what's it going to take? Or I wasn't getting like, uh, discouraged because he wasn't going down. I was just like having a blast, you know? I was just enjoying the, uh, I was enjoying the, the moment, um, enjoying the fight and, uh, yeah. Like when he comes back at me, I'm just like, hell yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? It just pumps me up. Spoken like a true fighter. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you always wonder when these people make the career adjustment into being fighters, when you or someone talk like that, yeah, there's only one profession you really should be doing. So I guess 
100% makes sense. Talk to me about the adjustments that you were making in between rounds, because again, even though you do have a zombie and you are technically winning, and that first round I felt like you were, again, putting that pressure on. Anytime you tried to reverse position, you found your way onto the top, and you were very consistent on that, and I thought that was pretty impressive. You also had his back at a certain point in that first round. So what were the adjustments you decided to make within the second and the third rounds? Um, let's see, second, I would say between first and second round is when I made the biggest adjustment. Um, first and second round, like in between there, I, I, I felt, uh, I was just kind of like mad at myself, you know, I was like, ah, shit, that was kind of a bad first round. And I flipped that switch and, um, and, uh, really, I think just stuck to my game plan from then, uh, from there on out. And then um, in the second and third round, uh, in between there, I just uh, I knew I, I I had like a feeling that I was gonna um, I don't know I think I just gained a lot of confidence in between those those two rounds. Uh, I just like I I realized in that second round that I was better than him, and I realized that. Um, that if I just stick to my game plan, I'm going to win this fight. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, as far as, um, as far as like big adjustments, it was just, uh, you know, reminding myself to stick to the game plan. Understood. Now, obviously mentally you feel strong. You feel like you were winning the fight. There is still a little amount of nerves, I'm sure, that go along with the idea of you can win a fight and still not win a contract. So you make it to the end of the fight. You know that you've won in your head. You are told you win. How do you feel about those moments in between when you're just kind of sitting in that chair with the other folks just looking at each other like, so uh, I guess we're just going to be in a waiting room. This is fun. Yeah, that was a... Interesting. Um, I think I was just so happy that um, that I won the fight and that uh, it was over. You know, like it sounds weird, but when you know when you finish when you finish a fight, like, and I don't mean like uh, I mean like literally when the fight's over, uh, there's a huge relief like just lifted off your shoulders. Uh, and um, so I think I was just like riding that high and. Um, you know, I was obviously hoping that I, that he, uh, that Dana signed me, but, um, I wasn't, I wasn't like too nervous, you know? Um, I, I felt like I did enough. And then I, I also, like I said, I was just, I was just happy to be there, honestly, <laughs> happy to be in that chair and, uh, and not on my way to the hotel. Right. And I, I have to say, man, one of the things that, really made me laugh is because you could see it just from our perspective. My wife comes in and she hadn't seen the whole fight, but she saw enough to be like, Oh God. <laughs> like, so that when she takes a moment and she goes, Oh, look at him. He's so happy. And I was like, well, I mean, he won a fight. Yeah. So it, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, there. I always like to tell people, I go, I think the best thing you can do is represent yourself and your fight game and that you can live content knowing that you put your best version of yourself. And a lot of times it's out of your control from there. But this was one of the few times it looked like data almost was about to sign homeboy who lost just from 
the epicness of that fight. So to me, I was like, yo, if he's not fighting, uh, he's not signing him. I don't know what it's going to take because I've seen all of these fights. And uh, I just thought that this was one of the more impressive displays in terms of an entire fight, especially for you. So I, I was very pleased to see that they, they signed you up, man. Thank you so much. You know, um, yeah, he's uh, he's not far off. You know, obviously, I think everyone knows that. Um, he's tough and he's uh, he's got a lot of skill. So he's right there. So you get signed. Laura talks to you. That's always great and fun as well. She's awesome. After yeah, you get is. off the conversation with Laura, who do you call? What do you do? How are you celebrating? So I, it was so weird. I get off, uh, I, you know, um, end the interview with Laura and then they, they take you to the, uh, like the media uh, tent. And, um, so you, then you sit down and, uh, you know, there's, uh, some, uh, press asking questions and Dana's up on the podium talking and, you know, answering other questions. And so I was just sitting there, uh, with my coaches and honestly, I was just like in disbelief, uh, you know, I'm like, this is crazy. You know, like, uh, I just kept saying that. I think I just kept looking up at my coaches going like, this is nuts. Um, not because I didn't think I would get there, just because uh, it was just, you know, just the fact that it was happening and uh, just kind of overwhelmed with emotion. And you're looking up at uh, Dana White, who, who you've watched as, a, um, you know, almost your whole life um, and, you know, hoped one day that guy would be your boss. It's not he's now my boss, you know, and um, so I think that. Uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was just kind of like a surreal moment. I was just uh, really in disbelief. And then after that, I um, went out. I met my family. My, you know, my family, uh, my mom, my uh, aunt, my brother, and um, my fiance, and then uh, my two teammates and best friends, Cody and uh, Bobby. They uh, they all were staying in Vegas at the Cosmopolitan. Um, and, uh, had, you know, a big watch party and stuff. So I met them afterwards and just, uh, celebrated with my family. Is there anybody who gives you critical feedback after that fight? Like who's the first person to come up to you on this big upper when everybody's like, great, that was so amazing. Who comes with a very important or constructive criticism? Um, Probably, shoot, I don't know. Um, that night it was probably Cody, Cody Brundage. You know, he was, he's probably the first one to tell me like so, something I could have done different. I don't remember it. I'm just, I'm just kind of guessing that he probably said something, you know. Um, he's a really smart guy and I take his word. He's always usually in my corner. Um, so yeah, he was probably the first one. <laughs> I say that because uh, throughout my life, whenever I've won something or had like a big moment, you know, I used to do speech and debate and I would always have these moments where like I'd win a national title and somebody would come hug me and they'd be like, you were great, even though you should have taken second. And I'd be like, <laughs> cool. I mean, I didn't, I won. So what are you supposed to do? And, and those are always my closest friends because 
yeah. they would always tell me something. So I was just curious if you had that with you. And, and Cody seems like the right person, especially somebody that you famously dumped on their head in your first meeting with him. So I would only expect him to maybe have some uh, helpful uh, feedback right up top. Oh, yeah. Trust me. He's got me back for that plenty of times. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can't deny that. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely, you know, after every one of my fights, I sit down. And, and same with his fights. We all, we sit down and, and we talk about, uh, you know, things we could have done differently and things we did well. So, um, yeah, like I said, he's, a bro he's like my brother. And um, also, he's, he's a good coach. Dude, that's pretty amazing. And I love the fact that both you and him move out together. And uh, that that forms a very, very important bond uh, between people when they make a big career jump. A lot of times people do it on their own. But to actually have somebody else who has a similar goal and series of paths that they want to get there, um, I think that is really cool. So I guess I really want to ask the question, when did you know? You said that you guys were friends almost immediately but was it really just dumping him on his head that made you become friends very quickly? Like what was the biggest sign that you said, yeah, I think this guy and I are going to be okay. Well, um, you know, we have, uh, similar interests. Uh, he's, uh, you know, obviously he's, a, uh, he's a great wrestler and, uh, comes from a wrestling background and, um, just, uh, I don't know. We're just, we're just similar. Um, and yeah, like he, he, he needed help on like, um, on some of his stand up, like his boxing. And so I helped him out a little bit there. And I mean, it was a, a couple weeks, you know, of, uh, of doing one-on-ones with him. And honestly, I probably wasn't the guy to be teaching him, uh, back then, but, uh, but whatever, you know, um, yeah, and uh, we just hit it off. Um, he, when he moved to Michigan, he stayed at my house for, um, you know, a couple months until he got his own place. And uh, we went out to Liverpool together. Um, and that was, uh, uh, you know, that was a great time. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. I was the best man in his wedding. And we're, yeah, like I said, it's just, uh, it was just, I guess, you know, we hit it off. I don't know. That's pretty cool, man. All right. Well, you mentioned wrestling backgrounds. I'd love to go ahead and talk a little bit about you and where your martial arts journey began. You mentioned it was as a wrestler, but were you doing other sports when you were a kid as well? Yeah, so I played um, – well, I, I did everything uh, growing up, you know, whether it was for like a year or whatever. Um, I, I played uh, – Football, baseball, hockey, wrestling. Um, I think I, uh, I tried out for basketball one time. Like I just did everything. And um, uh, the only, the main two that I stuck with was uh, they were uh, wrestling and hockey. And so I wrestled and played hockey uh, all the way up until uh, up until college. Um, and I. Uh, yeah, that was it. I, I uh, those are the two, you know, main sports growing up. So obviously, wrestling from a young age on in. When do you start to think, okay, maybe I have an inclination that I want to fight? Uh, well, I, I loved fighting uh, in hockey. I loved um, 
I fought a lot and uh and then I you know I watched UFC all the time so I was a big fan and then um I kind of knew or I kind of always had that like dream of one day maybe I could be a fighter you know but it wasn't like a huge thing back then like you didn't hear about MMA gyms like you do now um I always wanted to get into it but like I said me and my dad like we just didn't know how to um and then uh yeah like when I when I got into college is when I uh my freshman year is when I fought for the first time I wasn't even training at a gym um I could go on that whole that story is uh I I was my freshman year in college I was driving uh just driving like I think just around Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I saw a sign on the side of the road that said, uh, cage fights at K wing stadium, call this number. And uh, I thought it would be fun and, uh, kind of a funny story. So I, I called the number and, um, said that, uh, you know, said I wanted to fight and they, they called me back almost immediately and said, okay, you got to fight at one forty-five in, uh, like two weeks. And I was like, Oh, shit okay so called my uh you know called my friends and family and like told them about it and uh they all came out to support me I I wasn't like I said I never trained at a gym before that and um so I was just like watching like UFC in my uh in my room and just like trying to mimic what they did on their feet um I knew my wrestling was good but I was like I don't know what the hell I'm doing on my feet uh so I um Yes, I I did this fight. My whole family, all my friends came out to support me. uh, And my dad was in my corner. uh, And all he knows is wrestling. You know, he doesn't know anything about MMA. (laughs) So the whole fight, he was just like, you know, wrestle him, wrestle him. And I was trying to stand up with the guy. but And I did, I think I did a fine job for my first fight without any training. But yeah, I mainly wrestled him and uh, just won the fight by decision. Um, I was like 18 years old and after that, you know, partied with all my friends and stuff and still, I just did it for fun. I didn't even, uh, I didn't think I was going to like continue to do it. Um, and then I started training at a a gym in Kalamazoo called lightning kicks. And then I, uh, and then I moved to Michigan state university and I started training at SFS Scorpion fighting system in Brighton, Michigan. And that's where I decided, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I, you know, I'm finding more and more of fighters who just kind of said, I don't know, man, I saw there was an event going on and I said, eh, why the hell not? And it is a scary amount of people that I am now finding went into a fight setting where they go, I wasn't really training in a gym yet. So uh, kudos to you for having that resolve. And I'm very glad. Obviously, you were right to want to do that. Um, I guess the better question now is you mentioned that you get that one win by decision. But when does it become that you say, all right, I'm doing this as a career? Because you mentioned you were just doing it for fun. It really hadn't set forth. Was it you you kind of alluded to this, but I want to kind of be clear on it. Was it once you went to the gym for Scorpion uh, fighting systems or was it before then? Yeah, so it was um, I knew I loved it. Uh, like I said, I was training at a gym called Lightning Kicks in uh, 
in Kalamazoo, but I wasn't training for a fight or anything like that. I was just going to school and just doing that for fun. And, uh, I knew I wanted to fight, but I was like, honest, I was like too scared to ask, uh, uh, the coach at the time. And, and I don't know why it's just, I think I was just shy. Um, but, uh, so yeah, when I moved, uh, when I, when I went to Scorpion fighting system, I, um, I, I, uh, I knew I loved it and I, uh, decided, okay. Like coach, coach, uh, James Gray, he was like, all right, well, uh, what do you think about doing like your first am, you know, your first amateur fight? He didn't even know I fought before. Uh, you know, I didn't tell him that. Um, I was like, well, I fought when I was 18 and he was like, what? Like, how do I not know this? Um, and, uh, yeah, so he gets me a fight and I think that when I won that fight, it was just, a, it was different. Like, it was some like back, yeah, I mean, it was just like a real, it was called like Prison City Fight League. Um, and, you know, it, I was like warming up right next to my opponent. Uh, it was really weird. Um, but when I won that fight, I think I won by like guillotine. And uh, it was just something was special about that one. Like my entire family was out there like normal. Um, but then like all my work friends, all my college friends, like made the drive out, uh, to come support me. And like, so winning in front of them and like seeing everyone just go nuts for me for just winning, like at my amateur fight, <laughs> I, it like, it just sparked something in me. And I said, uh, I think that night I texted my, you know, my entire family and I just like, this is, you know, I'm going to take this as far as I can go. Um, and, uh, they all were just on board. You mentioned that there is a little bit of, of shyness in you and I kind of get that, but how did it feel to write a text? Like the equivalent of new fighter who dis to your entire family. So were you nervous to send that text to everybody? And, uh, you know, I mean, other people could do it different ways, but you said that you texted everybody to let them know, yeah, this is forever. This is a real thing now. Um, I was, was I nervous? You said, mm -hmm. uh, no, I wasn't. Um, I'm lucky. I come from like a very supportive family and, uh, and you know, my mom always, you know, growing up, I, um, I was just never like, uh, uh I was never that great in school. It wasn't until I got to college where I like learned how to study and like became a good student. Um, so like growing up, I, I always, you know, got bad grades and hated school. And, um, my mom was, uh, one of the main people who always told me like, I was going to do something special and uh, do, do something different. Um, she always knew like I wasn't, you know, meant for a desk, uh, desk job. I was going to do something different. And uh, she always told me that. So, um, you know, when I, uh, when I made that, when I made that text and sent that text out, I just knew that everyone was going to, uh, support me. You know, I think my grandma was like, I don't, all right, you know, but like, <laughs> I hate it, you know, she's like, I'll support you, but I, I definitely hate it. I, I mean, honestly, sometimes it's the family's responsibility to give you a little bit of hassle, but they're oh, yeah. probably the people that you don't see that are cheering the loudest when you are fighting. So that has been something that I've seen consistent with grandmas, aunts, uncles alike, because the parents at a certain point kind of have it in their knowledge of like, he was always good at wrestling. Uh Oh, this yeah. kid might be a fighter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, um, 
you know, they don't like, even though my grandma, like she, she loves that I'm being, you know, uh, being successful in it and everything. And, uh, she loves that I'm pursuing, uh, you know, something I want. Uh, but, uh, even though she hates watching me fight, she's still, you know, never miss a fight. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, everyone shows up and everyone's there to support me. That's pretty dope. I have a few photos here cause I usually do a deep dive on uh, everybody's uh, Instagram before they come on the show. Cause I have to do my research. I'm, I'm an important sure. journalist here. So yeah. I have a few questions off a few of these photos. I hope you'll indulge a few of these questions, sir. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. First and foremost, I guess this is an important question. Do you often fill your thermos without looking where you're like dropping in the formula there? Uh, yeah, all the time. That's normal. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I just always have someone taking pictures too. Absolutely. I just looked at this and I said, you know, this has the authenticity of seeing it in a, a magazine that you're reading on a flight where you go, this man is not going to drink from this thermos. This looks way too <laughs> fake. Oh, you better believe I drank from that. That's ladder sport. They're <laughs> awesome. Thank you. No, very good. We were all sure that you, you were going to plug them quite nicely there. I just saw that photo and I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the second photo that I have to ask about is in this one right here, I know we just briefly touched upon the surrealness of him being your boss, but what is Dana White saying to you in this photo right here, sir? Um, yeah, uh, in that one, he was saying, uh, what do you say? He said, uh, congratulations, you earned it. Um, that's what, you know, he said, uh, that was a hell of a fight. And, um, that's what, uh, you know, that's what Tuesdays are about. Um, he said, uh, I think he said that like a couple of times, you know, that's what, that's what Tuesdays are all about. And, um, yeah, so he, he was just, uh, super excited for me and, uh, congratulating me. I guess part of the reason why I ask that is because I also didn't mention you have to do the walk by, which I think is the weirdest part of the show because when things go great and you have a fight like yours, obviously that fist bump you're giving Dana is easy to do, but that walk down murderer's row, when you kind of have a mm, fight, it, it can be a little nerve wracking for you. When you did that fist bump, I saw Dana doing this thing, which is usually code for like, Hey, great fucking fight there, kid. Yeah. Is that what he was saying to you? Yeah, so I, uh, I think I was like, I didn't realize he was right there, um, <laughs> and my coach was like, "There's, you know, there's Dana, you know." I, I think my coach is like, you know, I don't know what he said. Like, there's Dana or whatever, and uh, so I looked at him, and he actually, uh, he he put his fist up, so he initiated the uh, fist bump, and um, and yeah, he was just like hell of a fight, and uh, you know, congratulations, that that was fucking awesome. Good for you. Let's go to this photo right now. Are you always this smiley during practice? Because we're again getting into this element of uh, I don't train like that. And sometimes oh, yeah. I'm on a good guillotine, but holy shit, look at this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's me training with Yusuf Zalal. And um, if you know Yusuf, you know that uh, he talks a lot of shit. So uh, when you're training with him, 
there's a lot of laughs and uh, a lot of shit talking going on. So that's actually, that's a genuine picture. That's actually what was happening right there. Okay, all things considered, are you a natural trash talker? Because I have to let you know this. I know we talked a little bit about grappling experience before we got on air. I'm not good at grappling, but I am a very solid trash talker as a comic. So I have passed many a person's guard just by being a trash talker. I guess I have to ask you, are you a solid trash talker? You know, I'm not really that. It's not like, not really, to be honest with you. Uh, I wish I was better, but like, um, I mean, I think training with people that trash talk all the time has got me a little bit better at it, but it's just not like, uh, sometimes when I trash talk, like when I'm told to trash talk, like sometimes coach would be like, you know, talk that shit, have fun, talk shit in there. And then I start to talk shit. It's like totally not, uh, just not real. You know, like it does, I'm not comfortable doing it and it probably doesn't, you know, just doesn't even look right. But um, when I'm in there uh, and I'm fighting and I'm in like a dog fight, like the last one, uh, I don't really talk shit, but I, I do, um, I do like to say things like let's go and you know what I mean? Um, and that, you know, that pumps me up, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a trash talker. I wish I was a little bit better at it. Who knows? Maybe I'll get there. You know, I, I'm always happy to help people with their trash talk. I, I definitely am an instigator, so I'll write you some good lines. Uh, I will tell you though, there is nothing more intimidating than you shooting a shot, someone stuffing it. And then as they're on top, they say, let's go. Because to me, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. This is, this is not great. I don't know that I got a reshot in me. And I might not be able to pull a guard because I've seen those guys able to go and pass and pull, uh, you know, a nice little back take here. So I, I monitor those things as I, I modulate my trash talk back and forth. Yeah. I just want to say I feel like you have been somebody who has been so consistent on it and learning about you and watching a lot of your fights. What do you think has been – the biggest amount of growth that you have made and what do you attribute that to as a fighter from being that kid who just took up on a willy-nilly nature uh, to go and do a fight to where you are now? What have you learned the most and what has been the most beneficial to you, sir? It's uh, a good question. Um, I feel like I could, I could go on and on, but um, I would say I just, uh, fighting has like, made me a better person. Um, not saying I wasn't a good person before fighting. I, I believe I was, um, but it matured me. Um, I, it, you know, I've learned a lot from it. It's humbled me, you know, um, I, you know, like my, my one loss, um, I learned so much about myself from that one loss. And I learned so much about like my family and my friends. And, um, I think that fighting just, yeah, I think that it's just made me, uh, uh, overall a better person. And, um, and it's, uh, you know, coach always says like, um, to be, uh, and I, I hope I don't butcher this, but like to be a champion in the cage, you have to be a champion outside of the cage first. And so I, I take that, uh, very serious and I, um, I try to, um, 
just yeah be a good friend be a good um be a good uh fiance and uh, a good family member you know and um that's all that's all lessons from fighting so yeah i think that it's just made me a good person or a better person well, I wish that for more fighters because we've seen it happen the opposite way. But you do seem like a good kid. You got a good head on your shoulders. Obviously, you have some support. A few people sent in a couple notes. Obviously, Brittany Thompson just said, love you, call. So happy for you. And then Travis Tubbs had, I guess, an important question that I didn't cover, but I think it's always important that we go ahead and cover that. He asks, did anyone else take the plus 250? Thanks for the easy money, Colin. <laughs> yeah, quite a few people did. Um uh, I got, you know, a, a good amount of uh, messages saying thank you for the money. Um, my one friend even like Venmoed me 25 bucks and said thanks for the money, you know. So, yeah, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, a lot of people did. Uh, and I appreciate you guys for uh, having faith in me and uh, believing in me. What emoji are they using to send you $25 on Venmo? Honestly, just it was like a money sign and said thanks for the thanks for the free money. Because, <laughs> bro, I one time to my buddy sent him a note on Venmo that just said, "Hey, man, you know you're about to start a business. I want to be one of your first clients." So I gave him like I don't know, like thirty bucks, and I go put this toward your business cards, right? Yeah. Venmo flagged me and was like, "We don't like business dealings here." And I go, "Oh wow." What the fuck, Venmo? <laughs> was like, yo, dude, I just want to give my boy some money so that it's he can get started. Bucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't buy an investment share in anything here. Jesus yeah. Christ. I'm not That's Martha Stewart with inside trading. I <laughs> want to support my friend. Um, I had one more photo I wanted you to see before we start yeah. to wind things up here. And I'd love to get your, uh, I guess, notes or thoughts on this one because I don't have a photo this cool of me grappling. So I'm a little jealous, and I think maybe in a second you'll understand why. Look at this photo. This is you hitting sweet chin music with your face turned back. Like, this is you having, like, an action Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of moment here. So I'm, I'm going to pull this up, but what can you tell uh -oh. me about this photo, you sir? You cut out for a second there. So, uh, I lost you at uh, Jean-Claude Jean Van Damme. I mean, really, that's all you needed. But I guess the question I'm asking is, what do we need to know about this photo? Because look how awesome it is captured. Yeah, um, that's a cool photo. Uh, that was my like um, my like banner on my Facebook for a while. Uh, I don't know. I just I worked that kick a lot in uh, in fight camp and for that fight and um, just for fun. I threw it a lot in sparring and stuff. And I don't even know if that's the right way to throw it, to be honest with you. Like I might, I, I might, you know, have to be like looking over my shoulder. I don't know, but I wasn't even looking. I just threw it, you know, like a donkey kick basically. Um, and that dude took it on the chin, like a champ. He didn't even go down after that. I just like it because I look at it and I say like, it has that kind of, fighter version of you know when there's an explosion in an action film and you don't even look behind yeah. you that's what that photo <laughs> looks like it looks like the kick version of that for a fighter so when i saw that i was like i'm immensely jealous of that that looks badass <laughs> like that's everything yeah. man so that that true show confidence uh a true confidence in what it is that you're doing so let me ask this man i mean obviously you're just kind of waiting on the call now that you're on the ufc roster we don't know where or when you're fighting we don't even know who you're going to call out but tell me 
you know, hopes and dreams, what are you visualizing for the next step for your UFC career? I just want to go on a run. Um, I think that uh, the ball is rolling and I just want to keep it going. Um, so, you know, like I said before, I'm ready to go when they uh, when they give me that call and whoever it is, I'm ready for it. Um, so yeah, I just want to uh, have a good start to my career. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's the that's the uh, new goal set, and um, uh, that's what I plan to do. Well, that's great stuff, man. And uh, Lori Brown Carey just wrote, "Way to go, nephew!" So good for you, my man. I want to give you the floor right now, dude. I want to give you the opportunity to go ahead and shout out anybody who helped you get to the UFC, who helped you on the preparation for this last fight, any sponsors you want to take care of. Uh, I'm going to minimize myself, and the floor is all yours, sir. All right. Um, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I, uh, you know, I want to thank uh, my, uh, my old coach, James Gray, and uh, Scorpion Fighting System back home for, you know, getting me to this point um, and, uh, you know, helping me start my career and having a, a, a great place, you know, giving me a great place to do that. Um, and then I want to thank, uh, my new gym factory X, um, all my teammates, uh, for, for getting me ready for this, for whooping my ass every day. You know, you got me, uh, you prepared me well. Um, then let's see here. I, uh, you know, obviously all, all the coaches at the, uh, at Factory X, Coach Mark Montoya, um, James Krause, who was in my corner. Um, you know, he stepped up on short notice to be in my corner, and that was that meant a lot, a, a lot to me. You know, and um, he's a great coach and uh, and a, a great person. So um, thank you to him. And then I just want to thank my family, uh, my friends, uh, my support. You know everyone who's who's messaged me i'm still going through i'm still trying to get back to everyone uh it might take me some time so just you know bear with me uh my uh my fiance mary um she was an absolute trooper for this uh fight camp and really for, for since um since we've been together you know she supported me from the beginning and this fight camp she, you know she sacrificed a lot moving here with me um and uh, on a week's notice, you know, she was just like, let's do it. And then um, just helped me so much throughout camp. I uh, couldn't do it without without her. So, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you, Mary. I love you. And then um, just uh, my sponsors, um, uh, you know, I want to thank Ladder, Sports, Nutrition um, for, uh, yeah, all the supplements they, they give me and, uh, you know, saves me and, and helps me a lot during fight camp um my nutritionist who kept me on weight all fight camp she's amazing i've been working with her since the beginning of my pro career uh mary vance out of uh, champions choice nutrition in michigan um go cleveland productions will fenn thank you very much for always supporting me and then um Yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. Uh, hopefully, I'm Good not man. anyone. You know, it's um, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Well, here's the good news: you're and just thank starting. You, thank your you career. for having me on. 
Ah, please. Uh, you did all the hard work. I just tried to recognize talent when they have done the the hard work and have great fights. I just really think it's important to commemorate those moments because sometimes they get away from us and then we talk about them after the fact that they happen. So to me, it's always very important to kind of put a nice little time capsule there. And obviously, you know, my friend uh, Vince Cachero, he just moved down out to uh, Factory X as well. So I think he got there about the same time you did. So I, I feel good going, oh, dude, he's, first of all, he also takes photos and edits video. So that's kind of like my world. And yeah. the fact that he's a great fighter, it, it infuriates me because I'm uh-huh. like, bro, you can't be both. You got to pick one. I have one. You don't get both. And uh, I famously told him, I think he is the one good photo anybody has ever snapped of me grappling. And uh-huh. I looked at it. Yes. It is. Uh, Check it, that out. It's a very solid photo. And I remember telling him, I was like, Bro, normally in all my photos, I look disheveled. I look like tired, old, stupid, like just barely able to breathe, which is probably very accurate. <laughs> but Vince caught like this hero shot that I was like, oh, you might see that and think I look pretty good at grappling. So yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I'm glad that you guys are friends. And yeah. I hope uh, at some point I am due to make a visit out there for uh, my co so I will hopefully get to stop by and go and see you. In the meantime, you will unfortunately be an enemy because you are in the land of uh, the Nuggets, and I really don't have time for that <laughs> for a little bit of time. But yeah. I, I know you're just a visitor in an yeah, area. just a visitor so, right now. Uh, one more, one more thing. Um, you know, one more thank you. Uh, to I just want to thank my uh, uh, my agents, uh, Iridium Sports. You know, they're. Uh, I mean, shit, they do everything for me. They're amazing. Um, so thank you guys so much for everything. Um, I can't believe I just forgot you a second ago. But, uh, yeah, they, you know, from getting me the fight to everything in between, they are amazing. Don't worry. We plug them plenty. I, I know them as well in terms of how they do their stuff. Yeah. They have a, a factory of fighters that they have been just doing amazing things for us. Yeah, so obviously, yeah. shout out to them. But uh, here's what's going to happen. Colin, we're going to put a bookmark here. We're going to go and end our conversation now. I'm going to close things up, but I'll say bye to you off air. I just want to thank you again for your time. And, you know, what's really nice is you already have the pressure taken off of you because you've already made a statement to get into the UFC. The next part is just having the career in the UFC that you have worked hard to do. So I think that with that perspective, you know, you can really, really enjoy the fruits of your labor of years of, of, of doing all the hard work, sir. So congratulations to you, man. Thank you so much. You know, I, I really appreciate uh, all the kind words and, um, you know, having me on. Listen to that. We're done. And now we can do the ad insert. Hey, if you guys like good clothing and good apparel and some not good stuff, go over to our friends over at Nogi BJJ Gear. Use the promotional code GRAPPLINGHOUR15 and you will take 15% off of whatever you put in the cart. It helps them, it helps us, and you know what? It might even help you. Yeah, I'll say it. Their rash guards have helped me submit more people. Ask people. Don't verify it. They might lie to you. They might say, like, Raph doesn't submit me. They are lying. And, of course, our friends over at DodgyCollective.com who have superb artwork that they transfer then into the form of rash guards, spats, and shorts. That's going to do it for us here today, you guys. It's been a great day for grappling. My name is Rafa Sparza. We'll see you back on the mats. Eventually.